Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, we're evaluating Gregory Soto's 2023 season. The Phillies traded for him right ahead of the start of the season. And would you do the trade again? What caused such a down year for Gregory Soto? And how can he fix it in 2024? We'll discuss all of it for a very interesting season for the Phillies, one of the Phillies, newest relievers on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. We just went over 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. So really appreciate everyone who's jumped on the Locked On Phillies bandwagon. You're really helping me out. You're really helping Locked On out. Yeah, you get notifications when new episodes are posted. It costs you nothing. It took you very little time to do it. Uh, but it's still, it's a short, like it's a small task that looks like a big gesture from where I'm sitting. So I appreciate it very much to everyone who's done that already. And if you haven't, what are you waiting for? 2,000 people have already jumped on. Be the next one. Subscribe to Locked On Phillies. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to get into a conversation about Gregory Soto's 2023 season as we continue our player evaluations. Make sure you're letting me know in the comments who you want to see evaluated next. We've got a lot of players still in the bullpen and uh, bench bats to go through, bench players and guys like that that were on the 2023 NLCS roster. Those are the players that we'll be evaluating and still more to go. So there's a playlist on our YouTube channel that shows you the guys that I already have evaluated. And you can pick your favorite that I haven't yet and let me know who you want next. But Gregory Soto's season has been, or I guess was, a very interesting one. So... The Phillies traded Nick Maton, they traded um, Matt Veerling, and they traded, why am I not remembering, a minor league catcher, I believe, for Gregory Soto and Cody Clemens. And Cody Clemens actually had himself a nice little part of the season. After Reese Hoskins went down, he had to do a lot of first base. He had some nice moments. He had a walk-off hit with his dad in attendance. Like, that's pretty cool. Roger Clemens, obviously, Cody Clemens' dad. Um, but... Gregory Soto was the cornerstone of that deal. He was an all-star in 2020 with the Detroit Tigers. He was an all-star in 2020. Sorry. He was an all-star in 2021 and 2022. So the past two seasons before coming to Philadelphia, he had been an all-star reliever in Detroit. A 3-3-9 ERA in 2021 in 63 and two-thirds innings pitched. And a 3-2-8 ERA in 2022 in 60 and a third innings pitched. All-star both of those years in the American League. Cool. So you got an all-star reliever. That's an awesome move. Great decision. You gave up some bench depth because Nick Maton, Matt Beerling, they had been playing a little bit at the major league level. Now, neither of those guys had too good of a season in 2023. So that'll come up as we uh, hit our second segment and we discuss whether or not you do the trade again. But at the time of the trade, you were acquiring an all-star reliever. And that felt awesome. You're like, okay, great. This is a huge bullpen piece. It's big help. You put him next to Sir Anthony Dominguez. You put him next to Jose Alvarado. You had Craig Kimbrell. It's like, all right, we're good to go. This bullpen's going to be nasty. And the bullpen was good 
But Gregory Soto himself, not his best year. His posting of stats in 2023 with the Phillies, a 4.62 ERA, the second highest mark of his career. He's had five years in the majors. His only year with a higher ERA was his first year, 2019, where he had a 5.77 ERA. It was a major drop back in ERA. Uh, it it absolutely was. He gave, but it wasn't like hits or he gave up 47 hits, walks. He only walked 22 batters. The past two years when he had been an all star, he had walked 40 in 2021, 34 in 2022. Like, so the walks were lower, which would tell you the control was better. The hits were lower than he had in 2022 when he was an all star. What went wrong? The 34 runs given up, it's only two more than he had in 2022 and uh, four more than he had in 2021. The biggest difference this year for Gregory Soto was, uh, honestly, it was the home run per nine. He went from .3 home runs given up to .9. That's a rough spot to be. He gave up six home runs. As a reliever, you can't give up six home runs. Like you, especially a guy that throws as hard as Gregory Soto, Jose Alvarado never gives up home runs. He just doesn't because he's a hard throwing lefty that throws down and in on players. Gregory Soto is a Jose Alvarado clone. So how is he giving up those homers? Uh, he's missing up. He's not walking, but the control was an issue for Soto in that when he missed, he missed in bad, bad spots. And the strikeouts for nine. I mean, he had a good number of strikeouts. He had 65 strikeouts, which is more than he had in 2022 as an all-star. It's like all of these numbers look better, but the ERA just wasn't better because he was very feaster fan. That's, I guess, the way to evaluate Gregory Soto's 2023 season. He had outings where he looked like the all-star he was in Detroit, and then he had outings where he looked like he had no idea where the ball was going, and when he did spot it, it was just plated fastballs that ended up getting smoked. That's not how it works at the major league level, right? You can't just exist on velocity alone. And it felt like at points in 2023, Gregory Soto was trying to exist on velocity alone. I'm going to throw this ball super hard. Wherever it ends up is going to be fine. And we're going to live. That's not how modern baseball works. That might have played in 2000. That might have played in 1990. It doesn't play when every bullpen has guys throwing 100. Guys are so used to velocity at this point that if you leave pitches up, you're going to get hurt. If you can't control where it's going, they're going to lay off. And... He didn't walk that many guys compared to what he's done in his career. So it's not a control issue as far as walking guys. It's a, if you're going to, it's throwing, there's a term, quality strikes. Now, often you hear pitcher or batters talk about like, I need to hit quality pitches. I need to attack quality pitches. But also for pitchers, there's such a thing as quality strikes. A quality strike, for example, would be if you have a righty and you are a, a lefty and you throw him, I don't know, a cutter down and in, right on the inside corner. That's a quality strike. If you have a lefty up and you have a righty pitcher and you throw him a slider down and in that he just nukes, I mean, lefties hit breaking balls down and in so well. It's one of just the natural spots left-handed hitters say well. So strikes are just not good enough at the major league level. You need to throw quality strikes. And Gregory Soto had a lot of outings where he was throwing strikes, but they weren't quality. They were fastballs, belt higher up, over the middle of the plate, he was getting touched. And that is why the ERA is where it is. It was a disappointing 2023 season, honestly, because I thought we were getting an all-star caliber reliever 
And Gregory Soto did not look like an all-star caliber reliever this year. He just, he wasn't even close to that. He looked like an okay middle of the road reliever. And that's not what he's been the past two years of his career. So I guess the question after 2023 is uh, the faith that you have in Gregory Soto. Like what is your faith level in him as a pitcher to figure this out? We've seen it with, we talk about it with position players, right? Because we saw it with Nick Castellanos and we saw it with Trey Turner. A rough start in Philadelphia, nerves, uh, getting traded to a contender, getting signed by a contender, whatever the case may be. Going to a contender in a city like Philadelphia can be a tough task. Nick Castellanos struggled his first year. He was an all-star his second year. Trey Turner struggled the first half or the first three quarters of the season. He really picked it up in the last quarter of the season. We'll see what he does in the second season. But we focus on the position players. It's certainly possible it happens to relievers too. And this could be as simple as Gregory Soto had a rough first year in Philly. And next year it's a bounce back year. But he's probably the reliever I'm the least encouraged about that's still on the roster. I trust, I think, every other reliever more than him to at least have as good of, if not a better year in 2024. Like, if you had to ask me right now who I'm putting in a game, Gregory Soto or Ryan Kirkering, I'm probably saying Soto because of the experience, but I think Kirkering has a better chance to be better, if that makes sense. I already talked to you about Saranthi Dominguez. Alvarado's unbelievable. Uh, Jeff Hoffman had a great year. Like, those guys that you're looking at, Matt Strom had a really good year and a really interesting one we've evaluated most of those guys already as far as growth from 2023 to 2024 i just didn't see it with gregory soto this year i i don't know how he fixes it i don't know what he needs to do different other than just like simply throw more quality strikes but that's like okay sure i can say alec bone needs to hit more home runs doesn't mean he's going to like I could say that Trey Turner can't slump in the start of the season it doesn't mean he's going to do that I have faith in some of those guys to do those things Gregory Soto I have not seen anything from him in his time as a Philadelphia Philly that shows me all-star caliber pitcher besides velocity and when he misses he misses in bad spots so take velocity off the table uh, it'll be an interesting 2024 season and with a rough first season it begs the question would you make the trade again? Looking back, would you trade for Gregory Soto again? We're going to have a discussion about that coming up as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First of all, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel. You can score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. I'm recording this episode on Sunday. It's NFL Sunday. There's football going on all over the place. Pick a team that's super favored. There was a team on Thursday night in the Oakland Raiders that won by like 5 billion points. You could have won 150 bucks on that if you had put a $5 money line bet if you're a new customer on FanDuel. You missed that opportunity. But take one today. Don't wait. FanDuel's awesome. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app's really easy to use. The interface is very uh, like comfortable, logical. There's a bunch of different bets. You can bet money line, like I was telling you, or you can bet the spread. You can bet over-unders if you just like the points. You can bet player props. You can bet futures. You can bet parlays. You can bet everything on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the important part of the NFL season. We're getting into late December. This is when football really locks down. It's a great time for you to lock down some extra money. 
So go ahead and do it with Fandle, official partner of the NFL. So would you do the Gregory Soto trade again? That's the question. We talked about a disappointing 2023 season. We talked about an all-star caliber pitcher that you thought you were acquiring that did not pitch to that level. So would you do the trade again? And I'm not saying let's let's do this the right way, okay? This is revisionist history, 100%. I am not saying it was a bad trade, even if we come to the conclusion. If I get to the end of this conversation and I say, yeah, I wouldn't have done the trade, I'm not faulting Dave Dabrowski. I'm not, because at the time you were acquiring a guy who had been an all-star the past two seasons. But you ever like, sometimes you buy a car, car seems fine, everything's good with it, you drive it and you have major mechanical issues in the first year. Like you got to take it to the shop like five or six times in the first year. That's a bunch of really expensive stuff. Going back, you probably wouldn't have bought that car. But at the time, you weren't making a bad decision. Like there was no way of knowing you were making a bad decision. That's kind of what I'm saying here, right? I'm not faulting Dave Dombrowski for making the trade. I think at the time it made sense. It was a position of need. You traded for a two-time all-star. But seeing how he performed in his first year, knowing he's a free agent in 2026, and you only have uh, two more years of control for uh, Gregory Soto, do you would you still do it? Would you still be, or I guess you've got three years, 2026, but would you still do this deal to bring Gregory Soto in? The amount of years makes me feel like it's got to be a yes, just simply because in his five seasons as a Major League Baseball relief pitcher, he's been an all-star twice. Four of those five seasons were in Detroit, two all-star appearances with the Tigers, a bad year with the Phillies. But if you're telling me two out of five years he's an all-star, I'll take my chances that one of the next three years he's going to turn back into that. I Again, I told you I don't have a lot of faith in Gregory Soto because I didn't really see it this year from him. But – the numbers in the past two years before this one were good. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that at some point he'll figure it out. It might not be a uh, consistently all-star level every year performance from him, but I do think he's going to run into one before his time in Philadelphia is up. So that right there almost says, yes, you have to do it. The other thing, right, the argument for not doing it would probably be he had a bad year, but on top of that, Nick Maton, Matt Veerling, Bench pieces probably could have helped you have a little bit more bench depth this year when you could have used it. But let's think about the 2022 season. Nick Maton, Matt Veerling were on this team. Did they have big playoff moments that you can remember? Was there a big, oh my God, thank God we have Nick Maton on this team for the postseason, for the clutch. Thank God we have Matt Veerling on this team for the postseason, for the clutch. I mean, they had some clutch moments in the regular season. That would have been nice to have. And more bench depth is important to this team. It was a weakness. But I do not think that keeping Maton and Veerling would have solved that problem. I don't. I think they would have been fun to have in the locker room. Maybe one of them would have had a nice season, like a commendable season. But the difference between you going to the World Series this year and not was not Nick Maton, Matt Veerling. Like, that's the bottom line. They, they wouldn't affect it. They would not have affected, I should say, this team's ceiling enough to worry about what you gave up. Getting Cody Clemens back, getting Gregory Soto back. I mean, Cody Clemens essentially gave you what Nick Maton could have, or maybe even a little bit more than that. 
Uh, Matt Verling wouldn't have made sense anyway because Brandon Marsh acquisition last year at the trade deadline, and then Rojas comes up. You would uh, you had Pache. Like there were too many people in the outfield. There still are. I think it's almost a you have to make the trade, right? Even though Gregory Soto didn't have a great year, you got something at a position of need and gave up guys that you weren't going to use. You basically got something for nothing. And that's all due respect to Matt Feeling and Nick Mathon. Solid baseball players. Hope they're doing well up in Detroit. Like, I, I'm not saying they stink. I'm saying that they would not have made an impact on this team and Gregory Soto had a chance to. So that's the reason you have to, 10 times out of 10, make that trade when you have that opportunity. So I think it was a good decision. I do think at some point in his time with the Phillies, Gregory Soto is going to show you why he was a two-time All-Star in back-to-back seasons in 2021-2022. Like I think we're going to see that. But the question is, will we see that in one season? Will we see that consistently? Will we see that for, I don't know, three months of a season and that's as close as we get. Will we see it in a postseason? Will we see him be a big part of this? Will we see him take another step? He's still a young pitcher. He's 28. He's not even in, like he's entering his prime now as an athlete and relievers even have a later prime. So there's still time to go for him to develop. Even if he never gets to that level, I still think just the principle behind the trade, you got to do it. You got to bring in Gregory Soto. You got to add him to this bullpen. And now, instead of searching for another bullpen arm, because you have him under team control, because he's a young player, you only have two real spots in the bullpen to fill, which makes it easier, which means the Phillies can rest back. They can let the market settle. They cannot overpay. They have a lot less that they have to do to change stuff, and they can keep some continuity in the bullpen, which I think is a good thing. People always look at running it back as an admission of, like uh, we're comfortable with where we're at, but people don't look at running it back enough as a continuation of what you did this past year. Would you rather start over on a brand new project or would you rather continue to work on this in project and fine tune it? One of those would probably lead a better result than the other, in my opinion. And that's why I'm comfortable with what the Phillies are doing this offseason within reason, as long as you have a good base, like you can't just keep building on a bad product and expect it to all of a sudden turn into gold. But if you have a team that's good, like the Phillies, and you acquire players like Gregory Soto that you have under team control, and you can take the chance of whether or not they'll be good because you have other good players around them, it's okay to be comfortable. And that's another thing that the Gregory Soto trade did is it's just like it gets you another team control guy with a high ceiling. And even though he didn't reach it, I'm still 100% doing that trade like 10 times out of 10. But – He's still got to figure this out. As much as I'd say I'd still do the trade, it's unacceptable for him to have all the years in Philadelphia that he's going to and not play up to that level. That would be a major um, underachievement by the player and by the pitching coach. And we'll talk about it coming up, why Gregory Soto is Caleb Cotham's biggest job in 2024. We'll discuss that as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. Caleb Cotham has actually had a solid time, I think, as the Philadelphia Phillies pitching coach. I don't have many issues with him. I think the bullpen was really good. I think the starters were really good in the postseason, and he got these guys where they needed to be. He took care of their arms. Like He does what he needs to do. He is a serviceable pitching coach at the major league level. I have no faults with Caleb Cotham, 
And I'm good with that. Like, that's a good place for him to be. The pitching coach sometimes will get overly blamed, but I think Caleb Gotham is right where the Phillies need him to be in that the bullpen's been pretty darn good under his uh, coaching. The starters have been pretty darn good under his coaching. Pitching has not been a weakness of the Philadelphia Phillies. It hasn't. I understand the bullpen had moments where they weren't great in the postseason. Part of that's Craig Kimbrell. Part of that is just the bullpen in general. The starters were very, very good in the postseason. And the pitching has been a big reason why the Phillies have been able to knock the Braves out of the postseason the past two years. So uh, I understand that some people see coaches and see their the part of the game they coach not perform in a big spot. And they're like, well, that guy stinks. It's not always how it works. Sometimes players go cold. Sometimes guys don't have their stuff when it comes to pitching. I think Caleb Cotham's done a good job. But if I'm looking at what his biggest job in 2024 is, at least when it comes to the bullpen, it's Gregory Soto. I know what Alvarado is. Sir Anthony Dominguez has been around long enough. He does have to figure out how – that'll probably be his second biggest job for Caleb Cotham is figuring out how to get Sir Anthony Dominguez's stuff back to where he has – swing and miss strikeout stuff more consistently. But Strom's consistent. You're fine. Hoffman did this basically by himself and found his way to get here. And Bryce Harper discovered him throwing BP to him when he was recovering from Tommy John. Um, Kirk Ring's a young guy. He's naturally going to just continue to learn stuff because he knows nothing. He knows a drop in the bucket when it comes to uh, the life of a major league reliever naturally he's just going to learn more by being around the guys. If he is indeed on the team, I'm trying to think who else is even in the pen. Is that all of them? Strom, Kirkering, Hoffman, Sir Anthony, Alvarado. And then it brings us to Gregory Soto. So yes, that is all of them. Soto's the guy where it's just like, he's the furthest away from his ceiling. I think, I think he could be significantly better. And I don't know why he wasn't like, I didn't see the guy that, People told me he was in Detroit in 2021 and 2022. And Caleb Cotton's got to find where that guy is. You brought in a young all-star level reliever. He was an all-star the past two seasons. He comes in. He stinks. Like He doesn't stink, but you get it. He stinks compared to what he did in 2021 and 2022. So how do you get back to that guy? it should make you uncomfortable as a pitching coach that he was an all-star in back-to-back seasons. And then the second he gets to your organization, he's not even close to that level. So Caleb Cotham needs to work with Gregory Soto and figure out what it is that went different. Was it a comfortability thing? Was it the city? Was it, yeah, just, I don't know. First time he's moved in his major league career. He'd been with Detroit all four seasons. So maybe that first move makes him uncomfortable. I don't know what goes on through the guy's head. I don't know him personally. Like I talked to Gregory Soto 10 times a week. Like it could have been mentally draining type of year for him. So, but this is on Caleb Cotham. I think if he can get Gregory Soto right, this bullpen becomes not just dangerous. They're already dangerous. They become elite, especially if you add two smart pieces outside of these guys through free agency. And that's on Dave Dombrowski, but they're very close to being an elite level bullpen. And they have been at points when all these guys are going good. Caleb Cotham needs to get Gregory Soto to where he was in Detroit, and you will have an elite bullpen. So I think Soto is Cotham's biggest job in the bullpen this year, and that's something to keep an eye on. When you're critiquing Caleb Cotham, if you see Gregory Soto go out and have another three-and-change ERA year like he did in Detroit, 
big props to the pitching coach. So that's something I'll be watching for in 2024 when it comes to him. And that's our evaluation of Gregory Soto. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. That's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that stuff. We got to 2,000 subscribers. You know what that means now? Let's get to three. Let's keep it going. We're never not we're never finished here on uh, Locked on Phillies. So go ahead and continue to subscribe. I really appreciate it. By the way, we're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you again for checking us out. Oh, and one more thing. Let me know who you want me to evaluate next. Let me know in the comments. Keep telling you. You can jump in. You can make your voice heard. You can control the content schedule here on Locked On Phillies. So appreciate you for interacting, subscribing, listening, all that great stuff. And I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.